we want to talk about the power of presence today, right? So when there isn't that presence, my experience is that I'm falling into a cliff of off a cliff into the void of hell. Mm. Like I, I surrendered to him. He had me, he had my back. I'm opening. I'm, I'm blossoming. I'm radiant. I'm creative. I'm all these, (gasps) Oh God, he's not there. Mm. Oh God, I fell off the cliff. Oh God, I'm falling into the pit of hell. Mm. And if one is not on the conscious path, and isn't aware that this is happening, it's just natural to close your heart. Yeah, It's just natural to kill before you get killed. It's yeah. just natural to become the masculine yourself. Welcome to Men This Way, the podcast for every man who seeks to live his deepest purpose in life, who's committed to showing up fully and giving his unique gifts to the world. Because if not you, then who? I'm your host and fellow journeyman, Brian Reeves. Brian with a Y, Reeves. Men, this way. Welcome back to a new season and a new era, really, of Men This Way. If you've been following this podcast for a while, you'll know that I haven't released an episode in a few months. I took a hiatus because, well, frankly, I just got burned out. This year has been intense. I've moved across the country with my wife, and I've been focusing on launching, strengthening, and deepening my men's coaching business, and podcasting just fell by the wayside. But I'm back. I found a new way to do the large labors of podcasting that will work better for my pacing and my disposition, and I intend to crank out a lot more episodes in the coming months and hopefully years. And the podcast is evolving. I've decided to now invite more women onto the podcast because women clearly have much to say that we men need to hear if we are to live a meaningful life of insight and wisdom. So to that end, I've also changed the subtitle of the podcast from Life Insights from Wise Men to Wisdom for Men and the Women Who Love Them. I hope it vibes with you. My intention is still to let this space serve as a kind of watering hole that we men can come to from our far corners of whatever jungles we inhabit and be nourished together by meaningful insights and practical wisdom that we may return to our communities as more present, more alive, more skillful men because the world needs us men in our fullness, in our true greatness, perhaps more than ever before. Speaking of which... I want to invite you to an extraordinary adventure, Elevate 2023, my year-long coaching adventure for men committed to thriving. It begins in January and enrollment is now open. I've only got space for 10 men and already two men have stepped up and claimed their spots as of this recording. We will fill this up soon. And actually, uh, why don't you hear from the men of Elevate 2022 about their experience this past year so far? I feel like I'm a different person. I see the world in a different, through a different lens. It says never too late, but I wish I would have done this uh, 20 years ago. <laughs> I'm 48 years old now. I wish I would have done that 20 years ago. My experience in Elevate 2022 has been one of the most enlightening, emotional, spiritual journeys that I have been on in my life. I've done a lot of things. I've done a lot of retreats, a lot of, you know, self-help, self-inner work. And this had so many amazing different elements to it. It was something I think that I, I don't know, I didn't know that I needed it. 
but I've, but I've needed it. So those are the words of men still going through Elevate 2022. And if their words inspire you or intrigue you, I'm now accepting applications for Elevate 2023. Go to brianreeves.com slash elevate. It's brian with a y, reeves.com slash elevate and fill out the application there. There may be a spot left for you in Elevate 2023. And if not, we'll be happy to have a conversation with you anyway to see how I might serve your journey in other ways. I have another live coaching program called Elevate Your Relationship that might be an ideal fit for you if you're struggling to thrive in intimacy. Again, the website is brianreeves.com slash elevate, and I'm super excited for Elevate 2023. If you feel called to this, go fill out the application today and begin your journey with me, my year-long coaching adventure for men committed to thriving. All right, well, let's dive now into today's episode. Has a woman ever told you she doesn't feel connected to you or she doesn't feel your presence? Have you ever wondered what she's talking about when she says that? Would you like to see into the mysterious experience of a woman in relationship to a man who is not present and to a man who is? Do you want to know how to create presence? Well, in this episode, my guest is the brilliant Alana Pratt, the first woman, other than my beloved wife, of course, to appear on Men This Way, now almost 80 episodes in. Alana and I mine these crucial questions and offer you insight into a woman's experience to hopefully make a meaningful difference in your life. Alana Pratt is a wise woman, and she's also an old friend of mine. We met about 10 years ago, and the first time I saw her, some mutual friends had recommended that we meet, and so I looked her up, and I found some videos of her on YouTube, and within seconds, she had me smiling. Since then, we've cultivated a personal and professional relationship, and I'm honored to call her friend. Not only is she doing important work in the world, she was one of the first women in the coaching world that I saw totally crushing it on the business side too, and I knew I had a lot to learn from her. She's an intimacy expert and an Ivy League graduate and a regular columnist on The Good Men Project. She's been featured on Huffington Post, People Magazine, Forbes Magazine, CBS, ABC, Fox, and more. She's the author of six books, and she has her own edgy podcast called Intimate Conversations, where listeners learn how to find the relationship they deserve. Go to her website, alanapratt.com. I'll spell it for you. It's A. L-L-A-N-A, so two L's, one N, P-R-A-T-T dot com. Because she's constantly offering online classes, in-person retreats, and coaching experiences for men, women, and couples. And if you listen to this shortly after this podcast is released, she's got a master class upcoming. Uh, so go to her website, alanapratt.com. Um, she's just doing amazing work, and I'm a, I'm a big fan. And and through our conversation today, I'm confident that you will uh, come to see what I see and agree with me. Today, she and I talk about presence, what it looks like when a man is present, what it looks like when he's not. We talk about why it matters and how to cultivate it. We also talk about what happens for a woman in the presence of a man who is actually present and in the presence of a man who is actually not present. This is a rich conversation with lots of presence in it. See what I did there? And if you're interested in creating a kick-ass intimate relationship, this is a must-listen episode. So 
I invite you to take a deep breath and stay present with us all the way through to the end of this episode of Men This Way. All right, let's dive. Miss Alana Pratt. Wow, what's up? How are you? So good to have you on Men This Way. Long time coming, isn't it? It is. 70 great men in your glorious goddess wife. Um, this is the biggest privilege ever. Uh, thank you. Our deep friendship, our colleague relationship, and our aligned you know, desire to support men. It is such yeah. an honor to be here. Just listening to that intro already brought tears to my eyes. Thank mm. you, Brian, for all the great work you do and for being a great man. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Elena. Well, you know, when I, I conceived this podcast, I conceived this, this was a place where, where, where men, we could come together and, and have wisdom conversations, essentially, because I think that's lacking in, in, in the, the world of men, wise men are lacking in our worlds. And so I, I, I created this as a place where, yeah, as I said, men could come together to have conversations and you know, I, I've been well aware for all the, the few years that I've been doing this now that there is a, a voice missing at the same time. There, the, the, the world of women, there's so much richness and, and wisdom available in the world of women that we men need to be exposed to. Mm. And so, um, you know, I'm, I'm just delighted that other than my, my wife, Sylvie, who, who has made appearances here uh, already, uh, you are the first woman to be invited in here. And, and I want you to know that for me, it's a great privilege to have you. Oh, so. thank you. It means yeah. the world to me. Um, I'm reminded of the very first time I even thought about talking to men. Mm -hmm. um, Eben Pagan, you know, David D'Angelo, Double Your Dating, uh, asked me to be on his series, Double Your Dating. I'd never even spoken about men before. Uh, I had still tremendous daddy wounds. I was going through... a mm at that point, like a 13 year custody battle. Mm -hmm. And what came through, which is not anything that a man can provide a man, but it's a piece that I believe that feminine can, is I started to go into this spontaneous apology for when we women leave our heart and go into our head mm -hmm. and are afraid and emasculate. Mm -hmm. I've done it. Yeah. Um, I've witnessed many do it. There's no condoning of that behavior. I'm not saying that's okay in the slightest, but I just yeah, wanted yeah. to explain to the men why we did it and then apologize. Mm -hmm. And that when, when there isn't, uh, we want to talk about the power of presence today, right? Yeah, so yeah. when there isn't that presence, my experience is that I'm falling into a cliff of off a cliff into the void of hell. Mm -hmm. Like I, I surrendered to him. He had me, he had my back. I'm opening, I'm, I'm blossoming, I'm radiant, I'm creative. I'm all these, oh God, he's not there. Mm -hmm. Oh God, I fell off the cliff. Oh God, I'm falling into the pit of hell. Mm -hmm. And if one is not on the conscious path and isn't aware that this is happening, it's just natural to close your heart. Yeah, It's just natural to kill before you get killed. It's yeah. just natural to become the masculine yourself. And, and I wanted to explain to the gentleman in that, you know, podcast, you know, years ago, maybe a decade ago now, I'm sorry. Yeah, that doesn't yeah. excuse the behavior of being a bitch. Yeah. And uh, I'm sorry. And something changed in my forgiveness of my mom, forgiveness of my dad, forgiveness of my ex, all the things. Um, and also it allowed these men who had never been able to hear 
um, anything after, after that moment, after you've been emasculated, like then the guy shuts down, the guy closes his heart. Now we've got two close hearts who can't talk to each other and we've got perpetual patterns of conflict, but there was something that happened. And all of a sudden, all these men came to start working with me. I work with men, women, and couples now, but at the time, and they just said, well, I played that episode like 14 times. Mm. No one's ever Mm. apologized. My mom never apologized. Yeah. Right. And I've had my heart closed with armor over it for decades. Mm. Yeah. So thank you. You know, you're speaking to something that is, I think, really invaluable and important for, for, for men to hear. When I work with couples, this is one of the challenges that I have because we got to start somewhere in terms yeah. of, you know, what, what thread do we start pulling on and to, to, to support the, the challenges this couple is going through. And oftentimes we, we start with, you know, in a heterosexual dynamic, we're oftentimes looking at the man's behavior because it's often again not always but often the his 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 female partner who's up, who's bringing up the upset and i'm very mindful i'm often telling couples i don't believe in 50-50 relationships i believe in 100-100 relationships right oh. you both have 100% responsibility for for what's happening from for how, for where this goes yeah. And I think you're, this is one of the things I think a lot of men feel aggrieved and confused and angry and, and they don't know how to articulate it. And they just know at the same time, there's a, there's a, there is an injustice happening to them as well. Yeah. And yet it's their behavior that's being focused on. Yeah. And so I, I think, you know, your awareness and, and capacity to articulate that apology and, and that ownership, that, that means to me, that's the, the hundred percent of of, of a woman's role in the dynamic, that closing of her heart and acting out of that closure. And again, while understandable, I think I said this to a couple just the other day, look, if you want to figure out whose fault this is, there was a couple, they've been together 17 years and they're, I could, you know, we're, we're 30 minutes into our session and, and they get into one of those. Yeah, well you did this. Yeah, but, uh, but I only did that because you did this. And I had to remind them, look, if you really want to get to whose fault this is, we're going to have to go all the way back to Adam and Eve. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because just, just trace it back. There's, there's, a, there's a cause and effect for just chicken or egg. Which came first? I don't know. We got to go all the way back to the beginning to figure that out. Yeah. 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 Taking so, 100% ownership is a big deal. Um, so that's the, that's the work. Right. And I think that's just, it's so important. Uh, you know, I, and hopefully that, that men listening and women as well that are listening, you know, can, can really hear that and take that in again. It, it doesn't absolve us men of our hundred percent. Right. I mean, that's the key here. It's like, anyway, we're, we're, we're going to dive into presence, what that means. Um, I'm really excited for that. Uh, I'd like to, you know, I read your more of your formal bio and in, in the intro and, and why, I personally wanted to have you on men this way, but I'd, I'd love for you to share with our listeners a little bit more about you, let them get to know you a, a little bit more. And, and to do that, uh, you know, when I have men on the, the program, I, I will ask them to share a story about, you know, an early experience that, that helped shape who they are as a man today. Mm. And so I'd like to ask you the same to tell us a, a little story about maybe some of the early forces in your life or a significant event or experience, but, but bring us into what helped shape who you have become as a woman. Mm, thank you. So the first image that comes up is I'm five years old. I'm in the living room. I'm spinning around the Ottoman, like a little Sufi. 
Um, and the big <laughs> stereo, like, you know, the big humongous furniture stereos was oh, blaring yeah. Jesus Christ, superstar. And I was just in my bliss zone. Mm-hmm. And uh, I guess I did not hear my dad say quiet down because all I heard was a fist through the drywall. Mm. And in that moment, all I know is I left my body and I was terrified. In reflection, I made it mean a lot of things. Men aren't safe. Um, I'm not safe. My expression is wrong. Um, Mm. All these things, right? So we could call that the permanent, like the permakegel that began, that never Mm. let go. And I went into trauma for like hypervigilance and, and in trauma four, what I've learned because I've gone to therapy for 20 years and I've studied and I am a master coach for 20 years. Um, I'm always a student and a, and a teacher. And what I've learned is that when one gets, we could say PTSD, gets stuck, and it doesn't have to be from war, it can be from a moment like that. It could simply be a, something that happened that was just too big to process in the moment. We couldn't process it and we get stuck. And I was stuck in this hypervigilance of, I got to be three steps ahead. So the, so the abuser, abuser doesn't kill me off. Mm-hmm. And so my only vision was where's the abuser. So he doesn't kill me. Where's the abuser. So he doesn't kill me. I wasn't mm-hmm. looking for where's my noble knight. My, my hypervigilance right. just kept attracting abusers to survive, but I didn't know that consciously. I, uh, that was unconsciously subconsciously running my first divorce, my second divorce, you know, yeah. my custody battle, like all the things, Right. But my soul knew to go towards intimacy, go towards vulnerability, go towards back in the body, go towards feeling. So I was I was being led by my soul while my body was still stuck in this uh, trauma, un- unhealed wound behavior. Mm-hmm. Show up 16 years old out at the lake. My best friend, James and Carlene, they're coming out to the lake. Um, I'm so excited. And Carlene walks down the stairs and she says, James is dead. And they play jokes on me all the time. And I just going to be another joke until I see her parents walk up behind her. I'm like, oh shit, this is real. I mean, my cat hadn't even died. Nobody died. I, I remember running up the stairs and we lived right a cabin on the water, right beside a highway. And I began running down the yellow line, looking at the top of the pine trees, just screaming, no, and if I could just keep screaming, it wouldn't be real. I wasn't aware that there were you know, 70 mile an hour cars screaming by me, my girlfriend chasing me. Um, There's been a death. There's been a death. And the next thing I remember is uh, no more cars. It's all quiet. And my dad is walking down the yellow line. My dad, the drunk, stoned, inappropriate guy, the one who put the fist through the wall when I was five and lots of other behaviors since then. So not somebody I trusted, but there he was walking down the yellow line and he put his hands on my shoulders and he goes, and he shook me and he goes, look, if this is it, Let's get off. We live forever. You will see your friend again. Mm. What? My dad, the stone <laughs> drunk, is spiritual? Mm. Um, walked me off the, the highway, and he literally awoke this whole other dynamic of spirituality to me. And that evening, um, it was a clear blue night sky, clear glass lake, um, and there were uh, two rainbows right over my cabin that night not a cloud in the sky. And I knew they were sent from my friend. And I believe they were sent as a choice, like two rainbows, not one, two. Mm. We can choose when life throws us a curveball to close our heart, get bitter, disconnect from God, blame God, um, play it safe. Or we can be grateful 
for the times we've had, the experiences we've had, the lessons we've learned, and we can choose to keep our heart open, learn how to keep our heart open in the face of anything. And I chose the second path. And that's literally become my life path of how the hell do we learn yeah. to stay in our body, feel, be present, yeah. keep our heart open in the face of anything. And that's my, that's my mission. Wow. Um, boy, there's so, so much in what you've just shared and, 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 um, I think for, for many men, I, I mean, that, that particularly around intimate relationship, that, that same choice of, of cynicism between cynicism and keeping an open heart, willing to feel the heartbreak and the grief and go through it, uh, exists for, for all of us, all of us men. And I think intimate relationship brings us to that precipice often, you know, it's, it's either cynical, okay, life sucks, women suck, women are assholes, women are whatever, <laughs> yeah. or wow, this is hard and this hurts and this is painful, but shit, I'm committed to, I want to have, I want to have a great love. I want to have a great relationship and, yeah. oh man, okay, I'll, let me just, I'll sit in this fire and I'll keep going through it. And I think, you know, that, that, that's a, that's a that's a big choice and i think to continue choosing as you've as you've shared to continue choosing the path of 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 the open heart of of uh, it's the courageous path because it requires your willingness to feel pain yes yes but if we close ourselves to feeling we don't feel the other side of pain which is pleasure yeah right how can we experience the evolutionary like quality of forgiveness if you haven't been betrayed in the first place you know I, and let's build a bridge to our conversation around presence today because i'm also really sh struck by the experience you shared when you were five years old your dad putting his fist through the wall when you were just celebrating you're in your joy totally. fully enjoying your body enjoying the music enjoying the moment just lit up yeah I, i'm i remember you know i i don't work individually with women so much these days i'm more really focusing on on men yeah and but when i was working with women more i i i would so often hear of 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 childhood stories of you know, dad didn't like it when me and my sister laughed at the dinner table he would yeah. get angry when we were laughing yeah yeah you know some a, a woman very close to me her father you know she would make faces and she was goofy as a little girl and her father would would knuckle her on the head when she was just having you know giggling and having a good time yeah. and and the, the 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 gosh the man so okay let's bridge that to presence yeah right first off let's let's define how would you yeah. alana as, yeah. a, as a woman defined presence and you did a, a beautiful job of of sharing at the very beginning what happens for you when presence is is not present <laughs> yes. when you're yeah. opening yourself to a man who all just isn't present what that yeah. feels like it feels like falling into the, the an abyss of hell yeah pretty okay much. so what <laughs> is well, how would you then define presence it's when someone has this like focused listening and attention um and there's an unattachment to the outcome. There's an unattachment to the result. We're not off in the past or in the future. We're just like right here. We've let go of attachment to the outcome. We're just right here. And our heart is open. Our walls are down. Our barriers are down. And we're just being. Mm. To me, that's pretty much the bravest state one could ever be in. 
because it requires you focusing, but also experiencing you're not in control. You have no control of what's going to happen right now. Mm. Everything's uncertain. You can respond. You're here, mm. but you don't know what the hell's going to happen. And it's, to me, it's a very, we, 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 in the movies, we say like Indiana Jones or, or um, James Bond. There's a, there's a presence about them when like, let's say James Bond, the, the boat blows up. He's like, don't worry. I'll turn my watch into a helicopter. And, like, cool. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and away he goes. There isn't a reaction. There's something between what happened and his response. There's a space. Yeah. Victor Frankel talks about it in, in man's, you know, search for search meaning. For me. yeah. yeah. Search for meaning. It's that space. So that space to me is presence. We're here. Can't control shit, but yeah. we can respond. We have our own back, no matter what happens out there. You know what I'm what, I, what I'm struck by those comparisons, James Bond, uh, uh, Indiana Jones. Boy, we're, we're we're dating ourselves here with that one. <laughs> oh, J- yeah. Jason Bourne, you know Jason Bourne, the Bourne identity is one of my favorite characters because the yeah. man just he handles business. He is so yeah. in the moment. He's <laughs> yeah. not he's not upset about things. He's just no. like oh oh this is happening. Okay, this is how I handle it. Right. And what I notice about those comparisons is death is present. Oh, yes. Like yes. The, the overwhelming, you know, the boat blows up or, you know, J- Indiana Jones being being hunted by a heart eating cannibal. Uh, Jason Bourne is about to get his head shot off or yeah. like death, death is present. And for the vast majority of men, death ain't present. But death of control. Not in the overwhelming way, not in the obvious way, I should say. Yeah, but if their worth is based on her approval and she disapproves, that's a death of his ego, mm. which is why intimacy is such a strong, is why is what I do on the planet. Because if he doesn't have his own back and any of his worth or safety is outside in, that moment of present will, presence will feel like death. Yeah. Uh, I, I remember a, a woman uh, told me once, so we were friends ish we were more acquaintances i suppose for yeah. for a few years and then we we dated very briefly but in our dating in the time that we dated uh she shared something with me that i'll never forget and she told me uh brian when i first met you and we would spend time or we, we might talk at at an event or something she said i didn't trust you because you were always looking around ah there you go yeah. You were always looking around. You never were really with me. You never really looked at me. Yeah. And I remember thinking back about that, like, holy shit, she is so right. I was so not, I was, I was talking to her, sure. but I was, I remember I would be looking around to, I don't, I'm not even sure what I was looking for. Maybe another woman, maybe just to see what else is going on here. Maybe just, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. But her giving me that feedback is unforgettable. Yeah. I mean, that's something that, that stays with me today that I, I, I know that like just that subtle, that's the subtle movement in, in, in where my attention is yeah. and goes, goes in, in a conversation is communicating a lack of presence, at least yeah. to, to a woman. So, so let's, let's, um, let's talk practically. How do you, as a woman know? When a man, or at least how do you how do you discern how do you feel when a man is not present? What does that look like in his body and his being and his like? What does that what does that look and sound like? Yeah, definitely, it's what you said about the darting eyes. Mm-hmm. He doesn't look at her, let alone into her. 
He's looking, mm-hmm. he's gracing by her and checking everything else out. Mm-hmm. He'll be fidgety in his body. Not yeah. that he needs to be this robot bug-eyed and stare at her, <laughs> but, yeah. but there will be a, a shifting yeah. of energy. He's not yeah. in his balls. He's not in his thighs like the trunks of a tree. He's not mm-hmm. rooting his energy down into the center of the earth like an Aikido master who you can't push over mm-hmm. when they really send their energy mm-hmm. down into the earth. He's not mm-hmm. taking up space here and he doesn't, which feels like protection. That feels like protection allows us to soften. Mm-hmm. There's an energetic field that he puts out when he's like this in his body and mm-hmm. in the earth. And, and this is who I am. Take it or leave it. He's not trying to prove anything. He's not trying to do bravado. He's not hiding from fear of rejection. He's just in the center, right? It feels like there's this wave that comes off where, I don't know, it's like it just softens the whole front of my body. And it just like opens me like a flower. So that's one one piece. There's another way he will look that I can also sense. Now I'm super sensitive. This is my job. This is my superpower. I can sense maybe more than most women, but still all women I talk to notice the shoulders are up and then the shoulders come down. The chest is slightly caved. Oh, the chest opens, the breasts lift, the giggles begin. Like we can feel the safety in his energy, his, his posture rooted in the earth. He's with us. Next, I have a video about this I shot years ago. Penetrate her in three ways or something like that, I think I called it. Um, And the idea is when you're present, I encourage men to notice that old way of saying body, mind, spirit and flip it, spirit, mind, body. Because when a man, okay, let's say he's present, he's not darting his eyes around, he's in his body, he's rooting down to the center of the earth, but he leads first with body. It's gonna feel like leading first with genital energy. It's going to feel like, oh, he just wants in my pants. Oh, he just sees me like a piece of meat. Mm -hmm. If he only penetrates with the energy of his cock, okay, that even if he's super present, it'll still feel scary. Yeah. Now, if he only in that state of presence only penetrates us with his heart energy, we might go, oh, I feel, I feel safe. Um, And he's going to open my heart with his heart energy. Our heart energies are connecting. So it might be that he's really aware of my, my essence, my, my purpose on the planet, my, my radiance, something that awakens in him because of me, I can feel his heart, but that's not enough to make me open all the way, just the heart. It's often a man that will come only from the heart that feels like a kind of a wet fish handshake. Mm. Like his heart is really there, but I don't feel his balls. Mm. I don't feel this. Like he sees stuff. So it's important. It's required, but on its own, not enough cock energy on its own slimy. So I'm trying to add these three penetrate her three ways together. Right. But now we go to the eyes, body, mind, spirit, spirit, mind, body, see my spirit first. Look into my eyes, not just to me, but into me, penetrate me with your eyes. See beyond what I'm saying. See then the heart feel, and then the cock claim. You put all those together where you're seeing my spirit, you're honoring my intelligence or my mind, you're you're penetrating my heart, you're noble. I can feel your kindness. And my God, you want to claim me? And I'm not going to surrender to anybody that that doesn't check those boxes. It's like, whew, take me now. It's uh it is, it allows every part of my femininity to feel seen, honored, safe so that we can move into the state of cherished, treasured, devotion, rapture, these areas. Now, that's beautiful. I'm with you a thousand percent. You know, the, 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 the man who, who penetrates only with, his, with, with sort of a sexual presence is going to appear um, likely to be 
well, like already violating in his energy to, to yeah. many women. Yeah. The man who leads with just the let's say, heart heart energy can can feel like a guy that I can just push him over with the tip of my finger. Yeah. <laughs> like that's not sexy either. But that, that, that's all very poetic and beautiful. And I'm with you. I can hear right now the thoughts of the man out there listening to this. You know, I have a course for men called Elevate Your Relationship. We got yeah. right now, we, we've got almost 20 men going through this six month program. Fantastic. And it, it's, it is fantastic. I mean, men talking about relationships and doing yeah. deep relational work is, is a beautiful thing. Yeah. And a lot of these men are just, they've either hit bottom in their relationships or they're just, it's like they, they just realize there's, I'm clueless. I don't know how to do this. Help yeah. me. Yeah, yeah. And so how would you teach a man yeah, to do that, to do ex what you just shared. Yeah. Yeah. This is so perfect. This is why I'm an intimacy expert because I always start from the inside out. So if you can't see you, you can't see her. If you can't mm -hmm. feel you, you can't feel her. If you're not at peace with your own sexuality, if there's any shame or taboo or rejection of the past, you can't be with her sexuality. You can't connect. So the inside always creates the outside. So I have a lot of different exercises about integrating anger in a healthy way, connecting with what I call little you inside your own heart, who you might've avoided or abandoned because, you know, it's not, boys don't cry and we don't feel, you know, fear. And mm -hmm. so there's a, there's a disconnect of, of compassion or empathy with our own selves, with a man's mm -hmm. own self that needs to be reconnected mm -hmm. and to, and a practice of, uh, in seeing is he only seeing what he does wrong and being critical of himself all the time? Or does he actually champion himself? Yeah. Actually encourage himself. Does he say, you know, well, even though sha sha sha, we still showed up. Yeah. Right? right. That I mean, right. you that you showed yeah. up. That's a win. As far right. as I'm concerned, who cares if you fell flat on your face? You showed up. How many just sit on the couch? So to see oneself this way, to have one's own back, to say, even though you're humiliated. I will not leave you, forsake you, or abandon you. I will have your back until you're ready to trust me again, big me, mm. and we are one, and we execute, penetrate the world with who we are. Pause here for a second, because this, yeah. this is, I think, is, is really huge. So I, I see this, a, a man who is stuck in his own shame. Yeah, yeah. Who, I, I love how you, the word you used, who, let's say, who isn't, who can't champion himself. Yeah. So there's the there's the man who's stuck in his own shame. There's on the other side. There's the man who's stuck in his own grandiosity. Oh well, that's just insecurity. But yeah, mm -hmm. right, right. <laughs> on on the other side, it's still yeah. either case. It's all about him. Yeah, the man in the man in his shame is about what a bad person he is, or what a fuck up he is, or what a what a I just can't get anything right. Is in in his own shame story. Of course, on the other side is the the grandiosity. And these two these are they're, these are good dance partners. You know, a, yeah. a lot of men might slam. I think. You know, in my past, I would slam between shame and grandiosity, the shame of, oh, man, I fucked up. God damn it. I can't deal with my own shame and blah, blah, blah. And then when my if I was with a, a, a girlfriend who wasn't skillful with me in there, which was always or never skillful, I would eventually slam into grandiosity. Like, fuck you. You're the one that fucked this up. You know, you're, you know, et cetera. Yeah, so it'd go from shame, you know, one down to one up. Like Terry yep. Real calls that like one down to one up. Yeah. And in either case, I'm not. I can't, I can't be with her. I'm just mired in my own shit. Correct. You're not even at home in yourself. <laughs> I'm just, 
I'm in a world of my own hurting, yeah. whatever it looks like. Yeah. And I, I love the the language that you use, like the developing the capacity to, okay, be with, be with what's going on for me, not dismiss it, not that the grandiose part of me dismisses it, you yeah. know, wants to focus on her fuck up. Whereas the, 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 the shamed part of me just wants to live in my fuck up. Yeah. Not forgive oneself, not yeah. forgive myself, but developing the, the uh, relationship to, I suppose my, my, these parts of myself or the, and, and still being able to champion myself, acknowledge, okay, but I'm still here. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I did this thing or yes, this is, you know, it's a shit. We're in a shit show right now, but you know what? I'm fucking here. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm not going anywhere. I love that you're bringing out these, I'll call them polarities or dualities. Mm. Um, one of the ways I've been trained is uh, quantum psychology, spiritual technology, these experiential processes that create integration. Mm -hmm. Because this is like a ping pong you're, experience, you're explaining right now. The shame, the lack of forgiveness, the seeking worth from the outside in so you can one up and, and win the argument and blame the other. These are back and forth, back and forth. Presence is when they're integrated in the middle. Presence mm. is like a yeah. It's like a, the kiss of grace. Mm -hmm. So there's these processes where I, there's many processes. I've developed mm -hmm. actually 10 Alana Pratt method processes, but the mm -hmm. one that's coming to mind right now is instead of like, we have emotions, but we're not our emotions. We have thoughts, but we're not our thoughts. Who's the one that knows, notices the thought. That's the real you, right? Yeah. So you have these things. So it's like one level of witnessing and, and feeling into the part that's so ashamed, not at a nine out of 10. This is another reason why people stay stuck in shame or stuck in blame. They feel, they process in, incomplete, 80%, 90%. But what you resist persists. And this is all science. I'm a total geek. I interview all the quantum physicists because I want to get what I intuitively know. Like, why does this actually work? When you feel into the shame, but you just dip your toe in 20%. Or you feel it and you really get depressed for a couple of weeks, 80%, but you don't fully match it. You don't fully duplicate it. You don't fully get yourself. You don't fully acknowledge and validate, hey, little guy, you have every right to feel this way, right? If you don't fully do that, it grows. And same with the grandiosity or the wanting one up. On some level, you feel like a shit. You feel guilty that you're doing that. You know that you're being an insecure little high school right? But you don't know what else to do because you're sourcing your worth from the outside in. So when you feel that with compassion, I'm being an ass right now. And I'm being a total superior, insecure dude who's trying to get his power from the outside in. And I have compassion. I'm doing my best. And I'm going to feel this fully. And I'm going to acknowledge I have every right to feel this because of how I was raised. And I'm just trying to survive. And Lisa didn't kill myself and I didn't hit her. And come on, like, like you just feel that fully. You feel both of them fully back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. And then I, I get them to feel them together. Mm. doesn't happen on the first try yeah. usually but <laughs> yeah you do this process that i take yeah. them through and i swear brian magic occurs they integrate mm. they're no longer at war with themselves on the inside they've come to and in this state of presence is wisdom yeah courage not strength courage any any idiot can hit their head against the wall that's strength courage is an open heart that's a different story so it's it's awareness it's wisdom it's courage and it's healthy humility where you can going back to the beginning of this conversation own your shit 100 without justification because if your worth is still based on looking good being right being safe getting controlling any of that you can't fully own it but when you've integrated this and you have kind of brought home little ashamed alana little bravado alana and everybody's home and everybody's in presence you're whole 
you're not perfect. No one's ever going to be perfect. You're whole. So there's nothing to justify. There's no excuses to give. You don't need to be one-upping anybody, nor do you need to apologize for your existence. And you just own your shit and you create the space because there's no little tendrils, no little agenda or strategies. Well, you better apologize now because I went first. There's, you're just whole. You don't need them to do anything to be, to be. And that creates this, this spacious energy for another to go, oh, you know, you know, you're right. I'm so sorry. I was a real ass. Please forgive me. How can I make up for the damage done? What new agreement can we put into place to support ourselves next time? You awaken the best in another by awakening the best in yourself. That's beautiful. I, I, I uh, in a session the other day, I, a man, uh, so we had a, a group of men, probably 10 men in this, in this session uh, online. And there was a man who, I, I mean, classic man's man, you know, works in the, works in the oil fields and just, he's new to all this relationship, even personal growth work. I mean, I, I love this guy because he just, he just talks like a dude. He, he, there's no pretty language on what he, <laughs> he doesn't use any <laughs> jargon. He's just like, man, this shit just fucking kills me. Like I just, I just, you know, I've been in a fight with my wife for two weeks and we're not talking to each other. And, and, and he shared something, um, uh, just, uh, I think it was just yesterday or the day before, a couple of days ago in, in our session, he said, you know, I realized I, I, I shared with my wife. I just said, you know what? I did try to hurt you the other day. I, I did. And, and I was hurt and you're right. The thing that I did, I did try to hurt you and I'm sorry. Wow. Even, even just us men on the call. Like for me, that was chilling. Yeah. Wow. I, it was just chilling. And I felt, I, I told him, I said, man, you know, just man to man, yeah. my experience of trust in you just shot up. Totally. Yeah. And it will in her as well. It has to. I, it was, yeah, we, we spent a good, you know, 30 minutes unpacking that and what that meant. And, and it was just profound to hear him just own it. I, and I, I didn't, what I loved about it is I didn't hear him apologizing for his existence. As you point out, it was just owning what, what owning his role in their breakdown Yes. Just a yeah. humble, I'm sorry. And yes. that's, and that's all it was. And whoa, even in my, I'm not even in relationship to this guy, but I felt, I felt more connected to him. Yes. I felt more, he felt more trustable to me. Yes. Uh, I like, he just landed mm. as if he just landed in his body in that moment. That's another way of being present. He's not resisting himself. He's not resisting the moment. He's totally owning it without apology or without self-condemnation heart open, direct communication. It awakens the best in others. It's, it's being a leader. It's that's how we leave a legacy. If we can be some version of that presence as we go through our days, then when we rest our head at night, we we're proud of ourselves. Yeah. We did our best. It was, it was beautiful. Another question. What, what would you say to the frustrated man who insists he's being present? at least more often than not. He insists, I listen, I'm here, I show up. You know, I had this experience, uh, it was one of my favorite stories to tell. It's actually not my experience, it's my, 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 one of my closest friends' experiences where, where years ago he was having uh, problems in his marriage and, and him and his wife were sitting on the couch talking about their relationship. You know, 45 minutes in to the conversation, she says, you know, I, I just don't feel connected to you. And he sort of takes a moment to consider what's going on here. He looks around and he notices, well, like I'm in this room with you. We're talking about our relationship. Yeah. 
uh, I come home to you. I'm, I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah. You don't feel connected to me. Uh, similarly, well, first off, what does presence have to do with connection? And what would you say? Because I know that's a common complaint that, that men hear, the feedback. I don't feel connected to you. Mm. Yeah. What does presence have to do with connection? And well, why don't we start there? Yeah. So remember how I was saying penetrate her three ways. So it's very possible that his heart is closed. His uh, libido sexual energy is turned off. And he's just looking with his chin up eyes at her. And he's hearing the words and he's in the room and he's come home from work and he's doing all of that. But the reason why she, she didn't say, you're not looking at me. She didn't say that. She no. said, I don't <laughs> feel connected. Yeah. So that's the, that's the clue right there that mm -hmm. this isn't about the part of presence, which is a part of it, which is you're not, your eyes aren't darting around. You're actually there and you're actually listening to her words, but we can listen with our ears or we can listen with our heart. We can listen with our gut, our soul, yeah. pre-thought, right? So if yeah, a man yeah. is not in his body, he's quote unquote doing all the right things from the file folder in his head, in his brain, right. he's doing all the right things, right. but he's not even home in his body. So he's not feeling himself. So he can't feel her. And maybe whenever we need to talk or we're in the therapist's office or we're out for dinner, we got maybe in the past when his heart was open and he was a little guy, he got blindsided with some cruelty or he got abandoned and he just decided, well, yeah. being present in my heart, not going to go there again. Okay. Yeah. I'll just do it with my eyes yeah. and then I'll just do it with my cock when I want to get laid or I'm horny or something, yeah. but he just doesn't know how to integrate the owie that's still unresolved, unhealed in his heart. Yeah. And when he does that, he'll learn that he's actually, the pain can make him stronger the, any of the, the mad, sad shame, all that kind of stuff that stays stuck inside the heart when integrated actually makes you stronger, braver, more courageous, able to have your own back and be with, oh my God, I can feel she's sad. I can feel she's mad and I don't need to go anywhere. I don't need to take it personally. I don't need yeah. to fix it. I can just burn in my own fire, sit in my own yeah. fire and just be. That'll allow her to feel connected because she's probably expressing if she's in a therapist setting or whatever, she's expressing her unhappiness. That's not going to feel good. Yeah. And if you can feel it and, and open your heart into compassion for yourself, compassion for her, she'll feel you. She'll feel heard, feel heard, not just with the ears, yeah. feel heard. And that's hard, but it's possible. And it's what allows a woman to feel connected. You can even look at her and say nothing and she'll feel connected if the heart is open right? Yeah. and the gut is like, okay, I'm in my body. I'm in my, yeah. I'm in my soul. I'm in my hips. I'm right here. Yeah. I think, uh, you know, uh, this, this friend, I know that he was actively abused as a child There you go. and he's, he's, you know, he's, he's shared that he's hypervigilant in the world. Any, any, any slight potential for, for danger or threat walls up, walls up, dukes out. Yep. Yep. I get it. And you know, me, my story is the opposite. I would say I, I was really neglected as a child, not not egregiously slow. So I mean, in the sense I, I had all the material things a kid needed. What I didn't have was parents actively checking in to see how am I feeling? Yes. Or yes. comforting me. I, I don't recall ever 
I think I actually no. I recall being comforted twice in you know the first 17, 18 years of my life, two times. Okay, just let me let that land because I'm a mother. Yeah, there's nothing more nourish like fulfilling for my soul than soothing my child. Um, And I know that when I just couldn't handle it. And I would maybe tell him to have a timeout is really because I needed a timeout. Mm. I didn't have the capacity. Mm-hmm. So I have compassion, but I also just have, well, I have a lot of compassion for you. Thank you. Well, that, that, you know, I, I was soothed on two occasions. Once one by my father, the night he left our home for good when I was four years old, I remember that. And the second time when a cousin committed suicide, I was probably maybe 12. And I remember, <sighs> again, sitting on my dad's lap in the car when he told me and just bawling my eyes out. Like those were the two times I recall being comforted as a child. So, you know, I, in my adult intimacy, opening, opening my heart has been scary, not even scary. Just it's, it's been, um, I just learned at a young age, I can't rely on anybody for emotional connection really. Yeah. Or, or comfort. So, you know, I'm, I'm self-sufficient. I've learned to self-soothe. Right. And, and I think, you know, I think these two extremes exist for most men. We were either actively abused in some very clear and painful fashion yeah. by a father, mother, maybe both, or, or somebody, maybe a neighbor, but some, some way that, like you said, we were taught don't, you know, an open-hearted boy, especially not safe. Yeah. Right. Close right. down, close down. Yeah. Or we were just so neglected, so just lacking uh, emotional checking in from parents, emotional validation, all of those things such that we learned, okay, also, well, you know, being an open hearted kid who feels things, well, nobody's going to, nobody's going to hold me there. So uh, shut, shut, shut it down is much safer. Yes. And now I go into an intimate relationship and holy shit, you know, especially again, in a heterosexual speaking heterosexually, you know, for me, it's, it's always been women. And like, even my wife, I'm we're seven years together and, and still working through, you know, her desire to comfort me, to nurture me, to, to give me all of the love that she has to give. And that part of me that resists it because it's, it can be overwhelming. I'm not used to it. I I also don't trust it. Sure. Sure. Working through that has been, Massive. Uh, lifelong and, 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 and massive. And, and my partner has been an amazing teacher for me in this and very patient and, mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, and, and also communicating at times her hurt, you know, yeah. she ain't the first woman who said to me, why don't you just let me love you? <laughs> like what, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and so, uh, I, you know, we're pointing at something here that I think is so, again, I have such compassion for men in relationships. I know we, 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 we have done and do awful things. I know again, not to excuse it, but I have great compassion. And in many ways we're set up to fail. Yeah. We are set up to fail. Yeah. So what do you say to, let's say the frustrated man who is in that place of either feeling aggrieved, like, like who, who heard what I, what we're saying now is like, yeah, I'm set up to fail how dare anyone expect me to succeed, mm. right? That guy who just feels aggrieved and is like, fuck this. Mm. Or 
the guy who was like, I am present. I do show up. I do all the right things. I'm, and still she's not happy. Yeah. Yeah. You know, still she doesn't feel connected to me. What do you say to that man? So the frustrated man, that's just like, you know, screw it. First thing I would say would, it would just be this compassion that yes, you, the system is setting you up to fail, but you're on the planet to change the system. So have compassion for that little guy and acknowledge that he's right. That did happen. And he did the best he could to survive. Nothing's wrong. No mistakes, nothing to justify. It's just like, yes, got it. Now I'm going to evolve that little guy into the present moment. And I'm going to create, if I, if that was true before, what's true for me now. Okay. And I'm not going to be the victim of my circumstances. I'm not going to give my power away to the past or to anybody else. I'm going to take my power back and I'm going to create a world and find people first with myself to trust myself, open my heart to myself. That's going to make him feel safe and secure inside of his body. When his heart is open, he can hear his intuition, his instincts. When his heart is closed, he can't. When his heart is open, it turns on the best of his brain. He's going to be clever and make great decisions and be aware. When his heart is closed, it goes into fight or flight or freeze. He's going to make stupid decisions. Okay. So it's his job to open his heart to him so he can be in a superpower and start to ask questions like, so what is it going to take to find people that I can trust? Because I trust me, hmm. right? And create a whole new world and not be the victim of your circumstances and go, maybe I've been put on the planet to change this trajectory for humanity and do his part. That's what I would say to that part. And then the one who's like, look, I'm being present and she's still complaining. I would acknowledge again first, always start with acknowledgement. Yes, you are. And really go through everything that he is doing. So that part of him feels heard, validated. And then go, now let's see what else is possible. How's your heart in the moment of presence? How are your hips in the moment of presence? Are you in your body? Are you feeling you as you're feeling her? A lot of couples that I work with, they leave themselves, connect with the other, to try to calm them down, get approval, or they're just being generous. They just yeah. love them, right? Yeah. But they've left themselves. Hmm. So to me, wholeness is when you can simultaneously stay in your own self, feel your own feelings, have your own back, while simultaneously connecting with another and that figure eight loop begins. And a lot of people leave themselves and don't feel their feelings anymore. And they're all the way out there kind of manipulating and fixing and learning and being curious but that lets the other person not feel felt because you've left yourself. So it's a new skill of connection to self, connection to others. Literally in my uh, retreats, I give them these little dowels, these little sticks of wood. And I say, okay, before you're going to connect, connect with self. Now connect with the other. And then I say, let's feel one of you dominating and the other one receiving. Okay. And then they have a little chat about what that was like. Are, are, the they, are, they, are they using these sticks? Like they're putting them against their body? No, they're using them, but this is my um, nail file, but <laughs> this is, uh, uh -huh. so this is like the dowel and each yeah. person will put two little fingers and they'll be connected like this. Oh, on opposite ends of the stick. Opposite, so opposite ends of this dowel. So they're okay, standing okay, facing it. one another. Got it. Yeah. So before they do that, I say, first connect with yourself, feel your feet got on the it, floor, okay. open your heart, be connected to you, stay there. And now connect to the other. Mm. And then one dominates. Let's see what mm. that's like. Mm. The other one receives and the other, now let's switch dominate, receive dominant submissive and now nobody dominate nobody receive mm. let's see what can arise well, between the two of you yeah and it's a third energy mm. it's what i call going from whole mate mm. or sorry soulmate to i call it in my company heartmates because that's my app heartmates mm. but like a whole relationship i'm whole you're whole mm. we're together 
I can awaken something in you that's dormant. You can awaken something in me that's dormant. We can actually be more together, not just one and one is two, but one and one is like infinity. When we both stay connected to self, which means doing this inner work we're talking about, staying connected to you, forgiving yourself, championing yourself, honoring yourself, asking questions of what else is possible, all of this inner work. When you can be that, something magical occurs in a relationship. And it still astounds me what's possible when we're willing to shift from you complete me to you compliment me. I love that. That's beautiful. What do you say to the frustrated man who's like, I already do this shit. I'm so present. I'm, I'm here. I'm in, I'm like, and she's still not, it just doesn't work. I would question if he's, if it's actually true, if he's just doing it from his head, not his heart or his Mm -hmm. hips. And if not, then I would ask another kind of strange question. I was like, what do you love about that? What's the payoff? What are you getting out of complaining about this? Mm. What do you not have to feel or face by being so frustrated and blaming her all the time? Mm. This next level of ownership of, well, maybe there is more growth for me or maybe facing, wow, I've come as far as I can go on this sacred contract and I need Mm. to complete this relationship and I don't want to be alone again. So I'll just stay here and complain about it. Something's Mm. up. Something's up. If a man is truly on the conscious path, he's not a complainer. That's incongruent. So he's getting a payoff from the frustration and the blame. And so I would look either within himself or within the relationship and just make that safe space to go, hey, what truth are you not willing to face and feel right now? I won't judge you. I'm right here. I got you. Let's drop in. What's true? Oh, it gives me chills. I love that. It's so beautiful because it is, it is, it is, you know, I, I think intimate relationship if, if we men accept the challenge, it calls us to our greatness. Yes. And we do not find our greatness in blaming our partner for our experience. No. No. <laughs> so no. that gives me chills because I, lo- I just love that. Yeah. I'll say one last thing that I'm present to, if I could. Remember I talked about the subconscious running the show, even though our conscious is thinking we're doing it all right. It could be that his body, his unconscious hypervigilance, like that friend of yours abused since like little, is so used to being blamed by the other, that he's attracted a partner that just keeps that cycle going, that confirms, see, I'm not good enough. I never, I was never good enough. I'm not safe. I'll never be safe. I I can't trust. I'll never be trusted. I can't be held. It could be. And that awareness could allow him to forgive her. He's just attracted his mom or his dad or whoever. And then he could bless and release her with gratitude as opposed to condemn and fight and have a big blow up. Um, There could be forgiveness across the board. Beautiful. Uh, Just a few more questions. We have women listening. What do you say to women who want their man to be more present, Mm -hmm. who are desperate to feel connected to him? You know, one thing that I'm often wanting women and men for that matter to to really understand that you you can't get your partner. Hear that language. How do I get him to be more present? How do I get him to whatever? And I, you know, my, my initial thought or sometimes response is you can't get him to do anything he doesn't willing, willingly want to do, because if you could, you wouldn't respect him and he wouldn't respect himself. Totally. Yeah. But how do you, what do you say to that woman who's just dying for her man to be more present and, and, and just doesn't know how? Yeah. First, I I always start with acknowledgement because it feels empty or scary or lonely or what have you. So first acknowledge where she's coming from, that her desire is beautiful. She wants connection to notice that she's giving her power away till he does it till she's okay on the inside. So notice he's the source of her safety or happiness. If he's doing something different, I'll feel better. 
And that is a recipe for disaster for anyone. So first I would say, go in and connect with yourself. Everything that you're seeking from him, give him a break, give him some space. Nobody's going to want to do anything for you, as you just said, if you're going to manipulate them, right? And so give him some space, connect with yourself. Anybody that can't be at peace in their aloneness is always going to be manipulating others to get their attention. And that's not a fun person to live with. So first do all the inner work to connect with herself. Then from fullness, invite, welcome, allure, be coy, be compassionate, be caring. There's a reason why he's not connecting. Is something going on at work? Is, is something going on with the kids? Is something going on with money? Is something go, Something's going on that he's not connected to himself. How could you get up under him? How could you support him? How could you have compassion for him? One of my clients, she was, it was a different issue, not about connection. It was about not drinking. She didn't like how much she was drinking, but all of her judgment around it wasn't working. Her threatening to leave wasn't working. Mm -hmm. When I got her, I integrated all of her fear because the young boys are now experiencing dad inappropriately behaving at parties, et cetera, mm -hmm. integrate, integrate, integrate back into home. And, and then I went into her, her intuition, her gut, her yoni, her instincts. And I said, truth, what does he need? And she said, he needs men, good men. Mm. I go, great. And so I go, who do you know? And then instantly there it was somebody at yoga, somebody's at yoga's husband. I go, great. Invite, inspire, mm. suggest, wouldn't it be cool if we had a dinner party with that couple? Mm. And then just, she just created the stage. And then lo and behold, hey, I'm going to go for a to run with George tomorrow. <laughs> and she's like, that'd be great. I wonder, have you ever considered a men's group? Because I have a woman's group. And, and then, oh my God, now there's four guys hanging out once a week and his drinking wow. is calming down. It's not done, wow. but yeah. he's got who he needs, right? So <clears throat> we women, we're wise. We're the inspirer. We're the creative intuition, but not when we're needy, seeking to change them when we're whole, connected, inviting and wise, and then inviting and alluring. Beautiful. I love it. Uh, so, Alana, let's, uh, I guess we'll wrap up. This has been, I, I have a few more questions, though. I kind of, I'm, I'm experimenting with some new, new closing questions. Um, the first one, though, I, I want to ask is, okay, you and I have just had, I think, a, a beautiful and profound conversation. By the way, I love how our conversations have evolved over the years. I think we're, yeah. we're coming up on 10 years now. I think so. Yeah. yeah. Eight, eight, 10 years. And I got to say, I have aged impressively aged. Like I have, I look so much older. I don't know what you're doing. You, you haven't aged at all and no, nothing wrong with aging. I love aging. Nothing wrong with yeah, it. Yeah. I'm just like, wow, you, you look as beautiful Aww. and radiant as ever. Thank and, you. um, and you know, I reflect back to some of our earlier conversations. God, I was such a novice. I remember some Whoa. things that I, I know, but I, I feel like, you know, I, look, I'm always my own worst critic. And I, I look, I think back to, you know, I think being on one of your podcasts probably eight years ago, eight, 10 years ago already. And I remember some of the things that I said, I was like, God, what a, what an idiot. I, I oh, no idea. never, never. <laughs> well, you're kind. I love though, you know, through our own mutual like, life experience and our own evolution, like the, I, yeah. I, I, I see the, the richness and nuance of our conversations has just the depth with mm -hmm. which we can can go is uh, I love it. I value it. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I'm, I just honored that we get to do this on my podcast now. So, oh, um, so we've had this beautiful conversation. What is one key insight 
from all that we've shared, like what is the one key insight you would want our listeners to take from this? Let's say we could even ask it this way. Like, like what's the one thing that you think men need to know yeah. or learn to, to, to create and maintain a truly fulfilling, intimate relationship? Mm. To recognize that you are her, she is you. And by that, I mean, whatever is annoying you about the other, where is that lack of connection happening inside of you? Where are you annoyed with yourself? Where are you not connected with yourself? To really put down the blame, put down the try to control them. I'll be happy when they change. Mm -hmm. Let it go. See that as an inspiration to do your own inner work. That'll make you respectful. That'll give her space to do the work. That inner connection will then holographically, energetically projected outwardly in that way of connecting. Communications will change, energy will change, presence will change, heart connection will change because you've changed. Worst case scenario, if you do the work and she doesn't change, your sacred contract is done. No, no harm, no foul. Best yeah. case, you do the work, you've invited her. And then even better, she does the work too and you both invite each other. Like that's what it's really about. Yeah. Um, that's what I want them really to get is they are powerful. They hold all the power to create change within them. They are not the victims of anyone or anything ever. Um, two, plug for your book. Um, read your book. My last relationship, once a week, we did a chapter. Mm -hmm. The relationship didn't work out, didn't mm -hmm. finish the book with him. But, uh, <laughs> but it's a great structure mm. and talking about things with a third person. Not you didn't do that. And I, mm. Ryan says, like, it's mm. a wonderful um, tool in, in your relationship to go deeper and have guidance, guidance, guidance on that. I love your book. Thank you. The, the choose her every day or leave her. Thank you. I appreciate that. I appreciate that plug. And I, and I, and I know that's sincere. I remember you sharing oh, totally with me sincere. that, oh, that yeah. you and your partner were doing that and that, that man, that that's inspiring to me. Thank you. Okay. Last thing I'm going to do, and I'm experimenting again, as a little experiment. Um, yeah. and I just find it fascinating and so appropriate that, that, I am beginning this with a, a woman. Uh, your, I want to explore your just just briefly your five core emotional triggers. Oh. What I mean by this is, I know a lot of us men we don't feel safe having emotions, being angry, being yeah. sad, even feeling joy or fear or shame or embarrassment or. So I want to start, I think, again, this is an experiment. You're willing to experiment with me to, to play with me and, and of course, lead the way for us men into, you know, being okay with our emotions. Yeah. It's a simple prompt. Okay. And we're going to go through the sort of the five core emotions. And okay. here's the simple prompt. What makes you mad? What makes me mad? Yeah. About, about a man being in a relationship with a no, man? No, about anything. It could be about, about anything. anything. It could be the, the, the garbage man takes my recycling and puts it in the garbage. <laughs> I don't know anything. <laughs> I think what makes me mad is like a betrayal. Like we created an agreement, we created trust, we were in this together, um, and then you just don't follow through. You drop me, mm. you lie, you blame me. You you just don't hang, hold on to your side of the bargain. Yeah. Perfect. Thank you. What makes you sad? What makes me sad is seeing somebody, and this is me probably like as a coach too, where I can see if they would just turn towards themselves, we could begin the healing process. 
but they are so not willing to forgive themselves. They're so not willing to feel they're just la, 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 la. Mm. And they're in their own purgatory, their own self-made prison. I can't get in. Their wife can't get in. Nobody can get in. Their kids can't get in. And they're just so unwilling to cradle and cocoon themselves. They push themselves away and everybody else away. Yeah, that's devastating. Yeah, I feel that. What uh, gives you joy? Glitter, lip gloss, (laughs) vibrators, wine, (laughs) Um, sunsets, animals, horses. I live on 15 acres now with nine horses. It's just so fun. Um, Yeah, life, creativity, adventure, connection, um, being alive, savoring life, pleasure. I love it. I remember being envious of my one of my sisters when I was a teenager. I remember walking through a mall with her and and she saw a, a pair of yellow socks for sale and she got so oh. excited. Oh. And I remember thinking, God, I wish I could feel so excited about yellow socks. I've never forgot that. And I can. But you know, it's but I never felt safe. It felt too much. It felt too big. It felt too oh, I, really, inappropriate. Yeah, I all those. Yeah. So thank you. I love I love that. I love your answer. Uh, What causes you to feel fear? When I can't trust somebody, they're not present. They're they're not in their heart. They're out to get there. I can, I can feel that they're not in their noble doing the right thing when nobody's looking place, because I'm either going to get hurt. Someone's going to get hurt. Some, something's going to happen. I can feel they're, they're not in their body. They're disconnected. means their ego's running the show. Heaven forbid a nasty entity gets in there. Like something's going to go down. It's almost like I can see red in their eyes. And um, yeah, that's terrifying. Yeah. Thank you. And finally, what causes you to feel shame or embarrassment, you know, embarrassed or just you want to hide from the world? Mm. When I can't figure out why I failed, Hmm. why I made a mistake. Like I have, if I can figure it out, I have compassion, I can be with myself. I can learn, I can grow, I can make up for the damage done and off I go. But when I can't access the core, I feel stupid. I feel broken. Mm. I I feel humiliated. Like since we last had our last interview, the last relationship ended in physical abuse Mm. and there's a criminal jury trial. Like it's Mm. not pretty. It's not pretty. And I couldn't figure out, Mm. Brian, why I couldn't make him stop hitting me. Mm. And I, beyond that, I couldn't figure out why I didn't leave. Mm. And what I've discovered in the most recent uh, therapy I've been going through, um, PSI, since I saw you last, psychedelic somatic integration, mm. was this level four trauma girl from that first fist through the wall mm. and many other things that happened. She was hypervigilantly finding the next abuser to survive. That's all she knew. Mm. The body, the unconscious, not the conscious mm. girl who's got all these certifications and helps all these people, not her like the subconscious, unconscious. And when I started going through this therapy, which you surrender and you let the body recapitulate the abuse from level four back to level three, two, one, and zero, and you witness your own abuse, you witness your body recapitulating, replaying the abuse. When I saw her, this, and my voice would be really little, like really young, when I could finally go, oh, that's why you stayed. Because when you were little, you stood in front of daddy so he wouldn't hit mommy. Hmm. Oh. Oh, that's why you don't go anywhere. And that's why you keep seeking them. And I could have compassion for her. Then the shame dissolved. The forgiveness happened. The forgiveness for him. Everything's okay now. So for me, shame is when we can't shine a light 
on the darkness and we stay stuck there, but we can heal the shame when we do processes with you, with me, with other practitioners, where we can go back and find those unconscious, shameful, dark places, shine a light and do, do the work. Thank you. Thank you for, for sharing all of that with us. Alana, where can our listeners learn more about you and what you're up to? Thank you. Yeah. Uh, my name is my site, alanapratt.com, two L's, A-L-L-A-N-A-P-R-A-T-T.com forward slash masterclass. If you hear this, uh, we're doing a masterclass October 13th, 2023. If you hear this in 20, Florida knows when, um, that you masterclass. 2022? You're doing it in 2022 we're doing or 2023? Yeah, no, no, no. We're doing it this October 13th, 2022. So alanapratt.com forward slash masterclass. If you hear this podcast later in 2023 or beyond, beyond, still go to my site. There will always be wonderful resources there An intimacy blind spot assessment, totally complimentary. Um, a lot of other books, meditations, different resources, my podcast, intimate conversations, YouTube channel, lots of videos, thousands of videos, millions of views. So lots of places to support you. So if it works out that you hear this early, I will see you shortly. Uh, it's called Attract the One Deliciously or Awaken the One You're With. Alana, always a pleasure. Thank you so much for gracing us with your presence and your wisdom and your insight. I, I trust that this conversation will serve uh, many men and, and the women listening as well. Thank you so much again. Thanks for having me. All my love to you, my brother. Thank you so much for listening. And thank you again to my dear friend, Alana Pratt. Find Alana at alanapratt.com. Again, it's two L's, one N, Alana and Pratt, P-R-A-T-T dot com. And right now, if you go to alanapratt.com slash masterclass, you can enroll for her free upcoming class. Also, my book, which she spoke about, Choose Her Every Day or Leave Her, is available both on Amazon and on my website at brianreeves.com. And uh, the audio book is coming out soon. I'm very happy to announce. Also, remember, if you'd like to experience empowering transformational coaching with me to help elevate your intimate relationship experiences or just elevate your life in some meaningful way, go to brianreeves.com slash elevate. It's brian with a Y, reeves.com slash elevate. And fill out the application on that page to get started on your coaching journey with me. Depending on when you hear this, we may be full, but no worries. Just fill out the application as there are other ways we can work together to help you get where you want to be. Finally, please go write a review of this podcast right now on your podcast app. Doing so helps me immensely. It helps this show immensely. And it also helps other people realize that this is a trustable space. I deeply appreciate it. And don't forget to subscribe yourself while you're at it. I'm your thriving life and relationship coach, Brian Reeves, Brian with a Y, Reeves. Until soon, keep your head up, your breath relaxed, and your thoughts inspired.